the troubling of the hearts. All this is going on, and Peter's constantly, Jesus, where are you going? We want to know where you're going. And Jesus begins to explain that, well, I'm going where I'm going. You can't come. And, and Judas is like, no, nah, we, hey, we're going to go with you. We'll, we'll die for you. And Jesus explains to Judas that before the cock crows, you're going to deny me. Wow. A lot's going on. But then Jesus begins to comfort them because he knows that they're troubled in hearts. He begins to comfort them because he knows that they're fearful. He begins to comfort them because he knows they're worrying at this moment. And so in this moment, in this moment, I got that from you, Pastor. <laughs> in this moment, in this moment, in this time, in this moment, he begins to comfort them and he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are, are many mansions in the same way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and that's a famous biblical story, so I use it often. In the same way that they trusted me, you can trust me. In the same way that the children of Israel, when they came to the Red Sea, and God used Moses to part the Red Sea, in the same way, you can trust in me. In the same way, when, da when David went up against Goliath and had that faith, because God had proven himself faithful and he was trusting in God. In the same way that David trusted in that situation, believe also in me. In Genesis chapter 1, God said, let there be light and there was light. In the same way, the same authority, the same power, trust in me. In my father's house are many mansions. See, I'm not just going away just to be going away. I'm not leaving you, but I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And he was encouraging their hearts and he was talking to them and he began to talk to them about he that believeth in me and keep my commands. I'll pray to the Father. He's going to give you a comfort and the Father, the comfort's going to be with you. The Spirit's going to be with you. The Father's going to be with you. I'm going to come and make my bow with you. He's just giving them all type of words of encouragement. And it was so beautiful and it was so awesome. And then it came to a point to where Jesus told them in John chapter 14, verse 29, And now I have told you, and now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it come to pass you might believe. He said, Hereafter I talk, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and had nothing in me. See, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't just come to preach the word, but he came to follow through with the word. Mm -hmm. He didn't just come to live the commandments, but he came to fulfill the commandments. And there was nothing that Satan could accuse him of. There was no sin that would stop him from going to the cross and being the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. See, in the Old Testament, it told you about this lamb, this perfect lamb that had to be sacrificed for offerings. It didn't have any spots, any blemish. It had to be perfect. And the Lamb of the Old Testament was pointing to the Lamb of the New Testament, Jesus Christ, who was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. See, David had a spot, so he wasn't that Lamb. Daniel had a spot. He wasn't that Lamb. Noah had a spot. We all have sinned and fallen short, so there was something that kept 
us and them from being that lamb. It took God to do it. The God-man, Jesus Christ, he was perfect. And so he told them in John chapter 14, verse 30, Hereafter I would not talk much with you. Now I've encouraged you. I've given you my word. I've given you peace. I've given you comfort. And this peace that I live with you is not like the world leave it with you. It's not like the world give it. But hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and had nothing in me. So it's good that I've been encouraging you and we've been fellowshipping and I've been, I'm trying to, you know, I'm giving you what you need. But it's coming to a time now, it's time to finish what I started. I'm not going to be talking much with you. In verse 31, John 14, 31, but he... But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I go, arise, let us go hence. So now they're going. They're going, and they're walking, and they're going. Jesus is headed toward the cross. And his disciples were with him, but he was headed in that direction, in his heart, in his mind, because it was time. So here in John chapter 15, verse 1, he continues to explain to them, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Don't worry about anything. Because I'm the plug, as Pastor says. I'm the true vine. I'm the one that is going to supply everything that you need. I'm your peace. I'm your joy. I'm the one that leads to the father. I'm the true vine. So you're good. You're secure. I know that during the supper, I said one of you going to betray me. And I know you were fearful. And I know you were doubtful. And I know when uh, Judas left us, and y'all don't know where he is, and Jesus wasn't saying these things, but I'm, I'm setting the stage of what was going on and what we were dealing with. All this was going on, and Jesus continued to encourage them, even as they were walking, going to do what he came to do. He's down the true vine, and my father is the husband. And so verse 2 is where we are. John chapter 15, verse 2. And this verse is one of the scariest verses in the world for me. It's always been scared. It's always caused fear until I got to understand it. And it just recently got understanding by God's grace. And as we walk through this, there are three points that we're going to come across. As we walk through this, we're going to see that point one, every branch in Christ that bears not fruit, the husbandman takes away. Point two, every branch that bears fruit, the husbandman purges it. And three, that it may bring forth more fruit. That's God's desire for us, and that's God's plan for us. So looking at this verse, every branch of me that bear not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Every branch of me that bear not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that is in me that doesn't bear fruit, he taketh away. I don't want to be taken away from Jesus. I don't, I don't, and, and I don't understand. I thought the salvation was free. So if I don't keep up good works, if I don't keep reading my Bible, if I don't keep praying, if I don't keep seeking the Lord, I'm going to be taken away. I, wait, I thought that Jesus would never leave me and never forsake me. So what, what's going on here? What, what are you saying? What is Christ saying? Every branch in me that bear not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that bear fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. See, by God's grace, as we look at his word, 
It says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So I got to maintain love? I have to maintain joy and peace? Man, I, I'm not always wanting to be loving. I don't always feel the love. I don't always feel peaceful. So God's going to, no, see, the scripture says the fruit of the spirit. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit. We're just bearers of the fruit. If I hand it to my cell phone and I say, bear my cell phone for a week. Is it your cell phone? No. But you're bearing it for me. If I handed you my wallet and I said, hey, here's my wallet. I want you to hold it for me. It's my wallet, but you're holding it. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that are produced in the life of a believer are not produced by the believer. They're produced by the Holy Ghost. They're produced by God. It's not my responsibility to create a culture love within my heart and, and, and to, to birth love in my heart and to create the, the production is not mine to do. It comes from the Spirit. The Spirit produces. God produces. The vine produces. We just bear the love that has been produced by the Spirit. We just bear the joy that God has produced by His Spirit. We just bear the peace. It's not my peace, but it comes from the Prince of Peace. It's not my love, but it comes from the God of love. So when he says, every branch in me that bear not fruit, he taketh away, what does it mean? You're not holding on to what God has given you. If the fruit aren't there, that means the Spirit isn't there. And if the spirit isn't there, that means that you haven't been redeemed and you haven't been regenerated. Now, for so long, you can do good. You can look good for so long, only so long. You can be loving only for so long. You can have joy only so long. But our strength is very little. We can't produce these things. The spirit produces these things within us. But if these things aren't being, if they're not in you, that means that the Spirit's not in you. And if the Spirit's not in you, that means that you're not of God, but you're of that evil one. This is sobering. This is something to get your attention. So it's, he's not saying that because you didn't do these good works, you'll be cast away. But what he's saying is the Spirit isn't working in you to produce these things. Let's look at it. And I need to, I have my notes on this device. I need to set this device because it keeps going off. I appreciate y'all patience. Take your time, brother. Take your time.
Fazlone. Romans 11 and 22 says, Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God. On them which fail severity, but towards thee goodness, praise the Lord, goodness, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. As we continue to seek the Lord through repentance and belief, as we continue to trust in him with all of our hearts, God gives us the power. God gives us the ability. God gives us the strength to maintain. He is our ability. He is our strength to maintain. And so, every branch in me that bread not fruit, he taketh away. That's not, that's the, it shows the condition, that's the condition of a non-believer. That's the condition of somebody Judas is scary. He abided in Christ. He went out with the other disciples. He preached with the other disciples. He did miracles with the other disciples. He abided in Christ. But Christ did not abide in him. Because he rejected the, uh, the word of God. He rejected. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't have a true uh, he didn't really trust in repentance and belief. He abided. And so often people think that, well, I'm abiding in church. You know? I abide in the scriptures and I even preach the scriptures. And I do this and I do that, so I'm good. But is God's word abiding in you? Similar to John chapter... John chapter 8 verse 12... Then spoke Jesus again unto those, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Again, we've been called to let our light shine. Where did that light come from? That light is God. That light is Christ. That light is of the Lord. But we've been given that light to bear that light. Let the light shine. We're not the light. We don't produce the light, but Jesus is the light. So as we move on to the next point, every branch of me that beareth fruit, he pruned it that it may bear more fruit. All right, point two, every branch that beareth fruit, he, the husband prunes it. You would think that, okay, I'm walking in love by God's grace. I'm walking in peace. I'm walking in the fruit of the Spirit. There's a difference in my life, and I'm growing and I'm maturing in the Lord. God, you're not satisfied with that? Why are you pruning me so that I can produce more? The thing to remember is it's not about us. It's about God's glory. And we may think that we're okay, and we may think that we're doing everything that needs to be done by God's grace, but God wants to prune us so that we could just be more productive for him. Look at a plant. Look at a vineyard. Look at a garden. You have fruit and you have things that are being produced, but you prune it 
so that not only the yield that you expect to get, you may get even more. Why? Because there's a need. There's a need for the uh, plant to bear more fruit. People need to be fed. People need to be nourished. God's will needs to be done. And so as we're bearing fruit, as we're seeking God, as we're trusting God, not only are we bearing fruit because we're bearing what the Holy Spirit has given us, what the Holy Spirit is producing in us, we're not doing it of ourselves. Not only are we producing fruit, but God is pruning us so that we bear more fruit. And what does that look like? What does that pruning look like? What a pruning looks like 1 Peter chapter 4, 12, and 13. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the trial of trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. God allows trials. God allows difficulties. God allows stresses in our lives, in our hearts, so that we can be purged of selfishness, so that we can be purged of the lust of this world, so that we can be purged of sinful desires. If we're bearing fruit, if we're holding on to the fruit that the Spirit has produced, if we're holding on and bearing the fruit that God is producing through us by His Spirit, as we're doing it, God allows difficulty in our home. God allows difficulty on our job. God allows us to not get as many visits as we used to get. Our phone calls dry up. Sometimes people forget about us. Sometimes it seems like no one cares. All these things are working together to prune our hearts of selfishness, of sinfulness, of worldliness, of the flesh. God uses these things. Think it not strange when we fall into divers trials and temptations, knowing that the trial of our faith is producing patience. We're learning how to wait on God. We're learning how to seek God. I once heard it said, and I love it, God has no spoiled children. None. None of us are spoiled. Because God allows trials to come into our life to humble us. To teach us patience. The scripture even tells us that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. That's the Bible tells us that. And so God allows us to suffer things so that we can be pruned of worldliness, pruned of the things of this world. Not only that, though, we have an opportunity to join in with God. Jesus said, lay aside every weight and every sin Jesus said, if your right, if your right eye, right arm caused you to sin, right hand caused you to sin, cut it off. Prune the things in your life that are hindering you from following God. He says, if your eye caused you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. Not literally, but even something of severe importance to you. Even something that you cherish. Even something that you feel like you need. If it's causing you to sin and it's causing you to stumble, pluck it out. Praise God. Now, that's not something we can do within our own strength. That's something we can do by the power of God. Amen? God can grace us to metaphorically cut off the thing, to, to literally cut the things out of our life 
that don't glorify him. Prune. Prune. I don't know much about pruning, but I know you, you cut off the dead things and you cut off the diseased things and you cut off the things that aren't necessary when you prune. And when you prune, oh my goodness, the plant looks terrible. The vegetable looks terrible. But that pruning enables it to flourish. That pruning enables it to be fruitful. Praise God. Jesus is encouraging them. Hey, I'm the true vine, and the father is the husband. Don't worry. Every branch of me that bear fruit, you're going to be pruned so that you can bear much fruit. So don't think it's strange because you got some problems in the house. Don't think it's strange. Oh, God, I'm sick of you. I'm in the word. I'm praying. I'm doing all I know to do. Why are you allowing these trials? Why are you allowing this stuff to happen on my job? Why are you allowing this to happen in my marriage? Why are you allowing conflict within my relationships? What's going on? God is pruning you in him. Now, let's make sure that those conflicts are because we're being sinful. Let's make sure that those conflicts are because we're being proudful or because we are not walking in the spirit. But as we're walking in the spirit, as we're trusting in Christ through repentance and belief, as we're learning the secret with all of our heart, God allows trials. So don't think it's strange. Don't be bothered by it. God is pruning you so that you can bear more fruit. Finally, Point three, that it may bring forth more fruit. Hallelujah. Romans eleven thirty six says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. It's about God's glory. Amen. God's, God gets glory as we bear fruit. And it's glorious fruit. See, everything bears fruit. If we do good, we're going to reap of the flesh corruption. If we're sinful, we're going to reap of the flesh corruption. But as we seek God, as we trust God, as we sow to the Spirit, we reap life. We reap joy. We reap peace. We reap love. And it's all for God's glory. Glorious fruit. Hallelujah. Glorious fruit. Psalms 22 and 23 says, Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye the seed of Israel. That's God's purpose for us. We're to bear fruit for his glory. Hallelujah. So even though you're not getting your phone calls and you have aches and pains in your body and sometimes people don't come see you, seem like they're to forgot about you. You've done things for them. You've paid off things for them. You've given them money. You've loved them. You've taken care of them, but they forgot about you. Don't worry. God is allowing you to be pruned. God is allowing you to be challenged. He's teaching us how to trust in him. He's teaching, he's maturing us in patience. He's maturing us in love. He's maturing us in joy. He's maturing us in peace. He's maturing us 
in every area of our life. He allows the trials for his glory. He allows difficulty for his glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. We can rejoice and praise God in the midst of whatever we're going, on, going through. If we're trusting in Christ through repentance and belief. If we're not submitted to Christ through repentance and belief, if we're not knocking, if we're not seeking, if we're not asking, if we're not turned away from the things of this world and turning toward God, come from among them, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. God has called us from darkness to light. But if we're still practicing darkness, if we're still practicing the things of this world, if we're still practicing our pride, and we're still practicing ungodliness, and we haven't turned to Christ, to God, through repentance and belief in Christ, then this doesn't apply to us. We're just going through trials. We're just going through difficulty because that's just a part of life. And you know what we're storing up for ourselves? Wrath for the day of judgment. But today, by God's grace, he could turn our hearts, amen? Maybe you have been going in the way of darkness and going in the way of sinfulness and not trusting in Christ and not seeking. Maybe we haven't been. Today is the day to repent, amen? Today is the day to cry out, Lord, give me a heart to leave darkness and come to light. Give me a heart to trust in Christ through repentance and belief. Lord, I know, I believe, but help my unbelief. Praise God. You're still here. There's still an opportunity according to God's will. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that all things are for your glory. We don't understand them sometimes and the difficulties we face, Lord God, and the aches and the pains in our body and the phone calls we don't get and the visits we don't get. It seems like people just throw us to the side. But Lord, we thank you that all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Lord, we thank you that all these trials, Lord God, are working in us to produce patience, God. Let us let patience have its perfect work. We want to be complete and entire, lacking nothing. Yes, Lord. Teach us to trust you with all of our heart and not lean to our own understanding. Yes. Grace us to acknowledge you in all of our ways. Direct our path, God, because apart from you, we can do nothing. Mm. Heavenly Father, to have these truths is not enough. To know these truths are not enough. Lord, grace us to trust you through repentance and belief. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.